What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports with wacky SI jinx and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Oh, Graham, it's going just well. You know, can't complain. Uh, still sitting at the house, still talking to you through a, uh, a screen. Um, what the hell is this thing we're doing? Uh, this is Uber Conference. No, a podcast is what I was going for. Oh, oh, well, yeah, you're using Uber Conference. This is called a podcast, yes. And I, I was very rusty right there on that, uh, that intro. I hadn't done it in almost a month. And I was just like, what the hell do I even say? And this, this just doesn't make sense to me anymore. It doesn't feel natural anymore, Adam. It's just like the rest of the world it doesn't feel natural right now to do anything. Or when you try to do something, you still always got to be thinking about the damn disease that's going around. Penetrates your mind in unholy ways. I would say we could do a coronavirus free show, but it's going to come up in multiple areas. Uh, it's really the only sports thing to talk about is how coronavirus affecting affects, affects sports. Uh, so I guess we'll have to dig into that a little bit, see where we stand with all the different teams. Um, but, you know, Graham, I thought I'd start this show with a fact, a stat line. Let's, let's, see, let's see if you can guess who this is. Ooh. It's a current stat line, Graham. Live sports. All right. Current live sport Atlanta-related stat line. You ready? Current. Okay. Wow. 69 plate appearances, 390, 393 average, 464 on base percentage, 754 okay. slugging, five homers, 20 RBIs. Uh, negative. It's an outfielder, ex-outfielder for the Braves. Your boy, uh, Preston Tucker. Preston Tucker, good for him. I haven't thought about him in a long, long time. Jesus. Yeah, he had like a a three home run game the other day, just crushing it in Korea. So he always had a sweet swing. So what's going on? Do you know? Because you know this obscure stat line from Korea, even though it's Braves related. What what's the word going around in South Korea about like how they're playing, testing protocols, et cetera? Do you know? Do you know of anything, or you just have that vague stat line? I'm just a vague stat line guy. I know they've been uh, filling. I know they've been filling the crowds with uh, sex dolls to sit in as fans. So they don't have any fans? No fans. Okay. Just sex dolls. Yep. (laughs) They're they're getting great press, though. I mean, people are staying up till 4 in the morning watching these damn KBO games just because it's something to watch. People are craving it. Yeah. We, uh... Finally get some uh, American Life Sports with the match this week and with Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. And I normally don't watch golf live anymore. Um, but I, I, I sure as hell will be watching that on Sunday afternoon. NASCAR's back. Can't bring myself to watch NASCAR. I can't even do it. Like, if all other sports were canceled and NASCAR was the last sport left, I, I, I just couldn't watch it. I, I don't think there's anything more boring than NASCAR. I watched the beginning of it. Uh, last week it was just weird seeing i mean they still had like hundreds of people like in pit row mm. all of them wearing masks uh and then you get you got darius rucker singing the national anthem remotely um it was strange but i mean it, it's it's progress like it's a good sign that some of these sports are starting to come back yeah 
Yeah, if they're doing. Like it, you got to yeah. start somewhere, and that NASCAR is pretty major. So. Yeah, it's you know it's not like it's minor league baseball or something. But but speaking of baseball, Adam, maybe we should get into uh, what what the latest is surrounding the ongoing debate between the players' union and Major League Baseball in terms of how to return to uh, return to play, get spring training going again, keep everybody safe from the coronavirus, uh, testing protocols, sanitization protocols. There's a lot going on um, in terms of the ongoing debate between these two sides. And it seems like we are not anywhere closer to starting baseball. Uh, I mean, at least they're starting to propose more things, and they're actually having an ongoing dialogue. So I guess technically, yeah, it's a little closer than you know just blind hearsay. But it seems like there's still a lot of... Um, there, you know, there's not a ton of alignment yet between the two sides. Yeah, and I finally have taken a stance on this. Generally, you find Adam Kalal siding with the billionaire owners versus the millionaire players. Right, since you're a uh, since you're a Northern California conservative. Sure, <laughs> but in this in, in this in this instance. I mean, it's all because the, the baseball collective agreement is coming up next year anyway. So this is all just like a massive test for that. So the players obviously don't want to give ground. And the owners had already agreed like back in March to like whatever prorated salaries. So whatever, however many games you get that percentage of your salary. But now they're coming back two months later. And they're scared to take the risk for this one season that it doesn't happen. Because I guess the major risk is, like, you're already losing money with not having fans in there. But if you start this season and then there's a second outbreak of coronavirus and you can't play the playoffs, and the playoffs would be where they'd be making all of their revenue from, basically, and the TV rights, um, they would have essentially paid the players all this money to play but not get any money back. But... That being said, so I understand that risk from the owners and that they have to push back a little bit now that they see the reality of the situation. But, I mean, revenues in baseball have just been skyrocketing over the past few years. And you look at what these owners, like, sell their teams for versus what they bought for it. It's like a no-brainer investment, like 99 out of 100 seasons. And this would be the one season where, yeah, you might lose some money this year, but... Just think about the greater good of the game. Like, this is going to look so bad. And because it's going to be the players getting a lot of shit from all of this, too. Because, like, you, you have some quotes out there from, like, Blake Snell, where he's like, well, I'm, I'm going to get mine. I'm getting, I'm not playing for $4 million. I'm owed seven, which is, that's what the fans pick up on. But it's really, it's just the owners that are trying to kind of renege on their deal. Um so talks are happening, so that's that's progress, but it's uh, yeah. it's frustrating as a fan, and you would hate th- to think that these billionaires and millionaires can't come together and figure out some way for us to watch baseball. Well, you might not remember this, Adam, but uh, at least the specifics, since we were only like four or five years old during the 94 strike that happened, but um, which was the last time a shortened season occurred was in 1995 um, due to the fallout of the strike. It wouldn't be, you know, it wasn't as short as, you know, this season would be if it happens. But a lot of fans, you know, were really pissed off about 
you know, about losing baseball and the reasons behind losing baseball. And I think that especially now, and, and baseball lost a lot of fans because of that. I know there's still people, especially in the, the, the boomer era, era that I've, I've, I've talked to before who are just like, ever since the strike, I just haven't been as into baseball. I was like, fuck, dude, that was like almost, almost damn 20 years ago. 26 years. 26 years ago. That shows how uh, well my mind's working during the quarantine. And just imagine what's going to happen now, though, if we don't have baseball, because like you're saying, these two sides can't come together. And how much worse that will be for the game, considering that millions and millions of people have lost their jobs. And yet here, these these upper elite uh, uh, folks, in terms of monetary value at least, are, are, are squabbling over, over millions of dollars they could be losing, but they still have millions or billions of dollars. And it, it's just, you know, people in, in our in our neck of the woods, you know, the, the normal everyday folks, uh, don't want to hear about that bullshit. Uh, one of, the point I'm trying to make is, is that you're exactly right, that you can sacrifice one season and maybe you make less money. And in the long run, hopefully everything will go back to normal and we can get back to the game, which I think everybody wants to do. Because you're going to lose even more money if you have a, have a strike this year. You know, if, if play doesn't happen. So, you know, play the, play the hand that's been dealt. Um, you know, do it in a safe way, but we shouldn't be squabbling over, over money right now, I don't, I, don't, I don't think. I mean, I just think it's crazy. Yeah, but I think it, both sides are just negotiating is what it is. But, I mean, like, no one wins by not playing this year. Like, short term, the players lose out big this year for not getting any money for this year. Long term, the owners are going to lose out big for lost future revenues from exactly like you said, people being pissed off about this and not coming back and watching baseball. And it's, it's already a sport that trends to such an older crowd. Um, you're really going to lose a lot of these uh, younger fans that you might have been gaining momentum with the past few years with some of the young stars coming up over something like this. So, I mean, I, that's why I'm still holding out some hope just because no one benefits from Ralph playing baseball this year. So... And it's just such a good opportunity to provide provide some goodwill and uh, yeah and and those those TV licensing licensing deals numbers are going to be through the roof if you have a playoffs this year like you look at uh, the Last Dance the Michael Jordan documentary that's been going on and how the huge numbers they got on that just because it's something resembling sports so if you get baseball back those TV numbers are going to be through the roof so let's figure it out like if 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 they've got their safety protocols in place which I think they do. I heard they've got like some 64-page handbook about that. I mean, it shouldn't come down to money. It's, it's other sports have figured it out. Let's figure it out, baseball. Beyond the monetary squabbles that we were discussing, there's also discrepancies on safety for players, personnel, coaches, etc. Uh, when, when it comes to testing frequency, the MLB, according to Joel Sherman, the New York Post wants to uh, test people um, multiple times per week. Whereas the players want testing every day. There's also a ban that MLB wants to impose on hydrotherapy pools, which is a big deal after players play and before they play in terms of, uh, you know, helping their joints and muscles, et cetera, loosen up uh, after a game or before a game. And MLB wants to ban those, whereas players think they are absolutely essential. Um, and there's a number of other things like that, that the players and, and owners are not seeing eye to eye on. So... They have also said that they're um, that the, the players' union has said they are committed to getting an agreement 
uh, but there's no deal or MLB proposal yet on a start date, which is interesting. There's no date that's been set to resume spring training. So there's a, there's a number of, of things going on here. Um, and I think it's a little disconcerting that there is no proposed date yet, but I guess that makes sense considering that they have not aligned on anything yet. So how can you have a date when you still have to make sure that both sides are, are, are coup de la, as our friend Larry David likes to say. So Yeah, they, uh, I hope this is just all part of the negotiating. If this comes down to damn hydrotherapy pools, like what the hell is that included in there for? Does the corona really spread through a pool? Who knows? No one knows. I guess. I'm sure, somebody knows. We don't know. I don't know if the players know. I don't know if the, you, you would think you would think that the MLB could just hire someone. And be like, that's nonsense. It does or does not. I don't know. But um, that's silly. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't seem. It does not seem promising. You don't. You don't hear any of this back and forth in any of the other sports, really. You know, the, the thing that's most concerning about this is is the timeline, right? Beyond just not being able to see eye to eye on anything, it's like. We're at May 22nd. We're almost at Memorial Day. This is, you know, we're supposed to be at the part of the season where we start to, you know, figure out what the standings are and who the real contenders are. In my opinion, if we do not have a deal in place by the end of the month between these two sides, there will be no baseball season. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that is that is definitely fair because, I mean, we're looking at at least a couple weeks of spring training for sure. And you got to start up by the beginning of July just to get enough games in to – have a fair uh, understanding of who's in the playoffs and have a long enough playoffs to decide an eventual champion. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think we got a week. But here, here's the other thing is how many of these plans have we heard already through the media, like four or five different ones that I used to get excited about and all that. So the fact that we don't know about a plan isn't something I'm all that concerned about because – but But this is coming directly from the union – so this this last thing I, I I was talking about was from John Heyman, who's MLB beat reporter, who got a memo from the players' union stating there are you know, but there's you know there's no date, and that we're still far apart on a lot of these different things. Yeah, but they're also in the middle of a a big negotiation too. So I mean, he he leaks what he wants to leak. The union people would. So I don't know, man. It sucks. Um, like I said, if it comes down to that, then that's going to be a real shame. Um, like the players need to push more on the safety thing for their like for the chance for them to get the prorated salaries more than guys like Blake Snell talking about getting his, because um, it's a PR disaster with what it is now. Um, who would have thought everyone at the, on May twenty second that we'd all forget about the Astros scandal? Uh, Seems like a blip on the, yeah, on the radar. Yeah. Good for that. the Astros, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's very unfair, Graham. Very unfair. I need a, I need a glimmer of hope. I'm just I'm not optimistic about this at all. It's just nothing I've heard sounds yeah. good. So, I, I I think it's I think it's screwed, which I hate, especially you know for Freddie Freeman, who's still on his pl- his prime. Um, but you know, Freddie's not a spring chicken anymore. And I, I really want Freddie to Freddie to get. I really want us to, to win Freddie a championship really badly. You know, people like Acuna, Mike Soroka, Ozzy Albies. You know, those guys will be around for a long time. Um, hopefully here. But you know, Freddie Freeman. 
And I, I'm sure he'll still be around for another five, six years, if not more, if he's uh, truly a, insane, which I, I know he can be. But it's just it, it breaks my heart for him, especially having to lose out on uh, potentially lose out on a season. Yeah, I mean you're you're losing a prime, some of these pr- guys' prime years. Acuna, I mean as well. Like imagine the numbers he could have put up this year. And hey, I will say this much: at least we didn't resign Josh Donaldson. Would have lost to four year deal. Would have lost one of his four productive, like one of his maybe two productive years left. So we, yeah, so we. We got that going for us, at least. But um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say extinguish the light yet. The fact that they're talking, at least, is something. But, uh, you know, of course, the owners put out their deal. Um, players, they're going to have to budge some. Owners are going to have to budge some. Well, it's just interesting. I mean, you look at the NBA, right? Um, uh, Adrian Wojnowski, a.k.a. Woj, uh is reporting that you know Adam Silver is expected to set the guidelines around June first to for uh, teams to start recalling players to training facilities and uh, resume the season sometime before the end of July. So, you know, it's interesting that the NBA can get their their shit together, whereas MLB cannot. And it's a totally different dynamic. I mean, the players pretty much run the NBA. And, and, you know, LeBron's pretty, you know, before he went to the Lakers was his own general manager pretty much. So it's like, and as much as I didn't like that, you know, in the past, because I was just like, you know, of course a player can have an opinion, but it's like, it's crazy the amount of power they have, you know, over organizations, uh, the superstars. You know, I, I used to not like that, but now I do because I think that's actually helped uh, the NBA uh, in order to get the season resumed. Or to do a playoffs or whatever, just like just finish the season. They are going to finish their season because they have a plan in place, and everything is uh, seems like it's going to be all right. Yeah, I mean, different scenario, I guess, being in season as well versus trying to start your season up because um, they won't. NBA most likely won't have to deal with that potential second wave of coronavirus if that happens. Um, so basically what you're saying, Graham, is we might have Hawks basketball to talk about. We could, we could, and I don't know if it's going to be a thing where, um, you know, they're just going to jump straight in the playoffs or if it's going to be like the season, just, you know, we pick up where we left off season wise. It would make sense to jump to the playoffs or have like the teams that are within like a game or two of the playoffs, just have them play each other and like some crazy tournament like it would it would minimize your risk you would think by bringing back fewer players the one thing that they'll have they might have an issue with is just when does when would the next season start but i don't think people are as concerned about that as finishing the current season seems like mls nba or at least coalescing the, the the players and the owners are coalescing enough to to you know give us something and uh certainly appreciate that not that they need our appreciation but i I, as a sports fan, appreciate it. I agree with your June 1st date, though, Graham. We've got uh, nine days for baseball to figure something out. So hopefully they're not all, you know, going off to the beach for Memorial Day weekend. And, uh, you know, hopefully they're getting on their little Zoom chat and figuring something out. Not just for the players' sakes, for the owners' sakes, but for the fans, for all the 
poor podcasters out there that uh, we're not the only ones, Graham. I, I was trying to find like, I was like, eh, let me check out like some of these other, you know, we're in the same realm with uh, your talking chop and locked on Hawk, Hawks and locked on Falcons. They, they had nothing to talk about either. Like Brad Rowland hasn't put out a Braves episode and like, well, actually, that's not true. They're talking about like the draft or some shit, which we don't talk about. <laughs> well, it's interesting also the NFL, right? Um, NFL is starting to sell only 50% of their tickets due to um, you know, all the COVID stuff. The Steelers are, are leading the charge apparently on that. The Steelers selling only 50% of game day tickets due to social distancing concerns. So... Um, and there's plenty of there's plenty of uh, you know Andy Reid saying it doesn't make sense to to play without the fans. So I don't know who knows what happened with the damn NFL. Doesn't make sense. Well, I mean I'm sure Andy Reid knows more th- about it than me. But like with that ridiculous NFL TV contracts, I, you would think it would make sense. Yeah, I think he's just talking about like the sphere of the game. It's always great having the fan, especially when you know you have a great home field advantage uh, in Kansas City. Yeah, let us watch on on TV, Andy. Uh, you know, if, if he was a coach of the Falcons, he'd understand that uh, there's no such thing as a home field advantage, and um, it's better just to stay home and watch the game. Yeah, Co- Coach Bro probably loves that sixty percent plan. He's like, oh, that that'll that'll we could maybe do that. We'll just sell all our, t- we'll put all the tickets out there, and then you'll probably get sixty percent. Oh yeah, well we we could we could definitely do that. This could be Dan Quinn's year. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think this will work perfectly for the Falcons this year. They, other than any more than almost than any other team, are able to uh, sometimes excel at a high level when there's not that many fans in the building. I mean, 2021's got to be better than 2020. So, what better way to start 2021 than with a uh, Falcons quarantine Super Bowl? Uh, Falcons signed a linebacker about an hour ago, Dion Buchanan. Yeah. From, from the Giants. Another first round pick fills out our 90 man uh, roster. In 2014. But hey, we need a linebacker depth. Uh, apparently, it can also play safety. So, I don't know. I, I, I like the depth where we keep building up on this team right now. Uh, well, that's still, you know, another position we certainly need to continue to fill out as linebacker, from, especially from a depth perspective. So. Yeah, hopefully he can supply good, um, you know, insurance in case someone goes down slash contribute on special teams. But um, doesn't seem like he's like a remarkable player or anything like that. I don't think you need to go uh, rush out and get your shitty looking Falcons uniform uh, uh, of of Dion Buchanan. Oh, I agree. Uh, you asked me if I had any news. That's that's the news I had, Graham. Um, what else is happening? Hawks. We saw a lot of ex-Hawks players in the Michael Jordan documentary. Uh, Steve Smith and Dikembe Mutombo were all-stars. That was exciting. We got to see uh, MJ put 60,000 fans in the Georgia Dome, which was also very exciting uh, to see that back then it's exactly the same as the fan base now where you get a superstar you can fill arenas in Atlanta with team people cheering for the other uh, teams. So 
Not much has changed. Oh, yeah. That was like the most true to Atlanta thing I've ever seen. I was like, good God. Yeah, you could even see all the fans like in the parking lot uh, down by the Gulch there just cheering for MJ. Yeah. Although, you know what? In, fa- in fairness to, to Atlanta fans and, and to our you know poor reputation as a professional sports town, it was like that everywhere Michael Jordan's last season as a bowl. Everywhere yeah. was like that. So it yeah. wasn't like, like well, Atlanta's the only people that would dare do that. It's like, well, that's not true. No, not that he would say That's that, fair. but yeah, but uh, it kind of kind of fun looking back in that documentary and seeing some of those old players. It also, just frustrating. Graham and I were discussing this the other day, how uh, in 1994, we're going to stay real relevant and current. Uh, that was that was when the Hawks GM was it Babcock? Was he the GM back then? Uh, I don't remember. Oh, anyway. That's when he traded Neek. He traded Dominique. Yeah, he, he trades Dominique uh, the the one year that MJ is playing baseball to where we actually could have had a good run towards a championship that year, but um, we know how how that went for us. We traded. I mean, did we did we get rid of Dominique, who was still pretty damn good at that point? Uh, not even pretty damn good. He was he was still a beast. Uh, we trade Dominique for and a first round pick for Danny Manning. Yeah, and the GM, he was on like 92.9 last week talking about this because it's all relevant now with that documentary. And he was saying that he thought that Danny Manning fit what they needed to do better uh, as a team. And It's just such bullshit. Dominique was averaging 24.5 points per game, and we were in first place, 36-16 and 16 at the time. But the worst part about this is Danny Manning leaves after the, after the season to go to the Suns. Which they were not expecting. He took like They offered him a big deal, and he left for a one-year deal in Phoenix. I mean, Dominique was also going to be a free agent that summer, but he was a hawk for life, man. And he was, he was still a monster. I, yeah. I just don't, I just do not get that. It's like, if you're going to, this is like the, that's the one year you could have won. It's the one year you had a shot to get to the finals. They, they said they thought his athleticism was declining. Uh, and so much of his game was based on his athleticism. But the client, he's still scoring 25 points a game. You know, it's fine with me, especially if it's the last year and you don't want to yeah. extend him, but you want to make a run in the final. There's just nothing. There's no excuse for that, especially when the team's doing so well. If we, if we were like 16 and 36, fine, fucking trade him. But you're you're in first place in the Eastern Conference. It's unbelievable. It's just the, it, it, I, I think that is worse than the Marvin Williams draft pick for sure. Because you didn't know what you had when you're when you, when uh, you know you were drafting Marvin Williams. You knew what you had with, with Dominique. Um, fucking ridiculous. It's amazing how going back to something 26 years ago can still get you worked up when it relates to Atlanta sports. Well, it's just another classic um, true to Atlanta bullshit thing where it's like there is a chance to win a championship, and it's like you literally gave it away. Here's another one for you, Graham. That just another uh, Atlanta ineptitude and a missed opportunity. Uh, reading about AJC put out some article about will the Falcons move cap money around to sign Clay Matthews, which I don't see that happening. But it's mentioned that uh, Clay Matthews, who the Falcons passed on in the 2009 draft to select defensive tackle Perea Jerry. Like, come on. Ugh, yep. I remember wondering about that. I was like, I was like who the fuck is Perea Jerry? I remember... The other, uh, I remember, yeah, Clay Matthews. I was like, man, that guy was a beast. I remember watching him at uh, USC, coached by yeah. Pete Carroll. He was an absolute monster. 
And um, I do not, I do still don't understand how uh, we screwed that up. I mean, I, I don't think we're going to be in a position to sign him. And even if we did, he's he's certainly declined from was a beast. But at the same time, he's still pretty damn good. He still had eight sacks last year, so he's not like a pushover or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it would have been great if we had drafted him when we actually had the opportunity. I'm glad you could still get worked up about some things during all this, Graham. Yeah, it felt it feels good, Adam. It feels good. Like I, I've been kind of like slightly hungover today. You know, doing some big time Thursday drinking sure. yesterday, and uh, this has gotten me really uh, pumped up. So I, I appreciate it. You got anything else to piss me off? Um, I think that probably covers it. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, I got some. I got some good news for you, Adam. The uh, Hawks players have returned to the practice facility. <laughs> um, yesterday. The, the actual players? Yeah, John Collins, uh, Kevin Herter, and Fernando were walking through the parking lot. That's exciting. You think we get to, you think we get to see our new center this year? Yeah, I think it all depends on if we're going to... He's had plenty of time to, to recover from the plantar fasciitis. You know, this is a this is a medical show. We just got to point that out. Are you are you like me and can't remember his name? Clint Capella. I remember him just because he's he's won me some money on DraftKings, and uh, so those guys never never leave my mind. Well, hopefully, you can pay your respects for that in person at some point. Uh, that'd be that'd be fantastic. Uh, I would still love. I don't think it's going to happen. Unfortunately, I got to get my money back. But I, I really wanted to go to that damn Hawks game that got canceled that week on Saturday. You mean when you? When you jinxed the entire world by not knocking on wood? Yes, when I fucked over the entire world. Being like, I wanted to save Vince Carter. Bop, bop, bop. Yep, that one backfired, Graham. There's one thing to remember about 2020. Everything gets canceled. Well, Adam, I think we've uh, run out of stuff to say. You think? <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I think we've dragged this thing to at least 30 minutes. Do you think that we should, because you heard the news about Joe Rogan getting a $100 million deal to be exclusive to Spotify? You think we could pull something like that off? Um, I think it's certainly possible, and there's no one uh, in the country more deserving of such a reward than, than us. I don't think anyone works harder on their podcast, does more research, or is more well-informed, more in touch with uh, players, having you know great interviews with, with people that, uh, you know, that the audience really wants to hear. It's absolute bullshit that, that um, some... Uh, a corporation hasn't come to us and said, here's $100 million to, 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 and we want to be the exclusive home of your show or something like that. I just think we've been treated so unfairly and it makes you just want to quit and uh, never podcast again. I mean, I, I think that's, we are entitled to that shit. Couldn't have said it better myself, Graham. Uh, I do think we do need at least do like two weeks in a row again. That'd be a good place to start. Yeah, I think, I don't think you can do a podcast, uh, one podcast a month. And expect to get a hundred million dollar contract. No, no, no. But we we got content for days, Graham. Content for days. Content for one day. Well, <laughs> better, better than, than nothing. nothing. Yeah, yeah. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Hope you're staying safe, uh, you and your friends and family, loved ones. Uh, we'll talk to you at some point down the road. Hopefully next week. Until then. Rise up, chop on, stay in brotherhood, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitominacip. Hospitominacip.
です。